Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful that you are here. Hello, happy Friday to you. I'm so glad that you're here. And today I am just coming with some encouragement to remind you to just keep reading and praying and to give a simple reminder that we do not read for inspiration, we read to feed. When we are first reading our Bible and praying, it is to find out how to get to heaven. What does the Bible say about salvation? What does it say about how my soul is saved, has eternal life for eternity? And then from the point of salvation, it is to stay saved, but more so to nourish our spiritual man and to get to know God and to get to know his voice. His voice sounds like his word. His voice will never contradict his word. And we read and we pray to grow in God. And in the process of reading our Bibles and praying, there are going to be a lot of times that are going to feel inspirationless. In thinking back over the last couple of weeks, I've had days where I have just struggled. My, I can barely croak out a word in prayer. I just sit there. I don't have words. I, I feel a little numb. And I've had other days where I sit down and it is like the presence of God just engulfs me and envelops me and I have cried for an hour. It's happened more than once. But I'm the same person. We all have an ebb and flow in our life. And it is just the consistency of doing this on a very regular basis that allows it to become a habit. I'm sure you remember Dory from Nemo. I love Dory. And I have to tell you, I identify with Dory a little bit. I have short-term memory loss from time to time. But you know that as they were on their journey to find Nemo. They had the mask with the address, say it with me, P. Sherman, Wallaby Way, Sydney. They have an unfortunate turn of events and the mask slips from their little fins and it's slipping down into the dark, dark waters where it's too deep for them to swim. And Marlon tries to swim down, but the mask is just plummeting down and he can't get it. And Dory encourages him in her little blissfully ignorant way just keep swimming, just keep swimming. What do we do? We swim. I'm sure that is entirely off key and not the right tune, but something like that. Just keep swimming. And that is my job today to encourage you to just keep swimming. This applies to daily devotions. Just keep reading. Just keep praying. This is your lifeline. This is the source of your spiritual food. I am currently reading a book or listening to a book, I should say, called Win the Day by Mark Batterson. It's so simple, but it's just been really encouraging. He talks about burying dead yesterdays, about living in today, and about not walking ahead into the future without God or ahead of God through fear and worry. 
And it's just been such a simple reminder of how Jesus taught us to live. Sufficient to the day is the trouble thereof. Take no thought for tomorrow. But there is one line from this book that has just really stuck with me. He says, consistency beats intensity. And isn't that the truth? I am currently in a walking challenge on the Nike app. And I will say, I go out and walk a couple days a week, two, three, maybe four, maybe five, depending upon the week and my schedule. And I go for two, three, four miles. It just, again, depends on the day and what I have going on. But I have a friend, Jen, who is in the same challenge. And she goes out one mile in the morning and one mile at night with her dog. And she is way ahead of me. Consistency truly beats intensity. So go, Jen, uh, being a pace setter. And this is so true of Bible reading and prayer and so many other aspects of life. But if we just read the Bible in spurts when we're inspired, we will not properly develop this habit. Consistency matters. Consistency builds the foundation of lifelong habits. And Bible reading and prayer is a habit that may not show fruit for a little while, It may again come with inspirationless days. might take you years like it took for me to look up and see what God had done through this discipline. And I still have, like you, probably plenty of days where I just keep reading. We have days where lightning doesn't strike, fire doesn't fall, the skies don't split open, and a voice booms down from heaven. A lot of days, Bible reading and prayer is just food for our soul. But keep at it. Just keep reading when inspiration strikes and when it doesn't. Just keep reading. Last night, our administrative pastor was teaching, and his name is Steve Harris. He said, asked the question, how do you build a habit? And he said, practice and repetition. You do the same thing over and over and over and over and over. So today, just encouraging you and I to just keep reading, to stick with it, there will be a harvest in our lives as a result of this habit. And I don't know exactly what the harvest is going to look like that God's going to produce in your life, but it is an investment of the word of God. And Isaiah tells us that his word will not return void will produce in your life. You can absolutely count on it. You can take it to the bank. So just keep swimming. Just keep praying. Just keep reading. I'm very tempted to sing it, but I will spare you. Today, I am going to share an unedited journal entry. I just finished this up maybe yesterday or the day before. I'm very excited to share this entry. This is something that I have just been chewing on over the last month. Um, It's been very encouraging to me, and it was born in a moment of inspiration, and I came back to it a couple of different times um, and had some uninspired days in between. But this entry is called, He Turned It. It does start off with a list of scriptures. I'm gonna abbreviate them just a bit. Um, But this was how it started off. I saw a word, which is the word turned in Nehemiah 13.32. And then as I was looking through the concordance, just seeing the other verses, actually through Thayer's uh, Hebrew lexicon, 
seeing the other verses that were specifically tied to this use of the Hebrew word turned. And so that was kind of like where this entry began and the inspiration for it. So today's unedited journal entry, he turned it. Nehemiah 13, 32, how be it our God turned the curse into a blessing. Turned is Hebrew number 2015. Turn, overturn. Specifically in this verse, turn into. It's also used in the following verses. Psalm 114.8, which turned the, flint, the rock into standing water, the flint into a fountain of water. Used in Psalm 66.6, he turned the sea into dry land. Psalm 78.4, turned their rivers into blood and their floods that they could not drink. Jeremiah 31.13, for I will turn their mourning into joy, and I will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrow. Psalm 30, 11, Thou hast turned my mourning into dancing. Isaiah, oh, Amos 5, 8, Seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into mourning and maketh the day dark with night, that calleth for the waters of the sea, and poureth them upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. My socks are knocked off. Exodus 7, 17. My hand upon the waters, and they shall be turned to blood. Esther 9, 22. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, and from morning into a good day. Okay, okay, okay. These verses have me thinking of other things that relate to this concept. I am reminded of Joseph's words in the closing chapter of his story. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. God turned intended evil into good. Merriam-Webster has lots of definitions for turn, but the one that applies here is number five, intransitive verb, to become changed, altered, or transformed. The dictionary offers an example of water turned to ice, but God can do far more than that. I have often thought of God's creative ability to make something out of nothing or his ability to fashion things from dust or how he spoke things into existence but I don't think I've really thought of this, his ability to turn one thing into another. He can change the very molecular structure of one thing into something completely other. Curse turned to blessing, rock turned to standing water, flint turned to a fountain of water, sea turned to dry land, rivers of water turned to blood, Morning turned to joy, morning turned to dancing, the shadow of death turned to morning, sorrow turned to joy, morning turned to a good day. To my human mind, this concept is almost impossible to grasp. One thing being changed to something entirely different is mind-blowing. Rock turned to standing water, wow. Sea turned to dry land, wow. 
Sorrow turned to joy. Wow, wow, wow. The simple truth is that God's creative ability is unable to be understood or comprehended by the human mind. It would fry our circuits to even get close to understanding. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There is no limit to his creative ability or his transformative ability. He can turn one thing into something completely other. Nowhere does this ring more true than in the church. The person you see walk in the doors the first time won't be the same person you see in five years. Isaiah 1.18 says, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ezekiel 36.26 says, A new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. New Living translates that as, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. That change, that transformation, a new, tender, responsive heart, it will be because I put my spirit in you. Sins that are red as crimson turned snow white. It will be because my blood was shed and when it is applied to even the filthiest stains that can erase, eradicate them, turn them from the color of crimson to the color of wool. If anyone, no matter what their past, no matter what their present, no matter the title on their name tag, liar, drug addict, hater, prostitute, cheater, thief, will respond to the call of God and the plan of salvation laid out in his word, he will turn them from one thing into another. He will turn the fiber of their being into something entirely new. He can take a sinner and make them a saint. He can turn the worst lives into the best testimonies. In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul writes to the church and says, Don't you realize those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. King James translates, Some of you were once like that, as such were some of you. You used to be something entirely different, but now you are washed by the blood of Jesus. You have his spirit indwelling and animating a previously dead soul. You are not now what you were then. God turned you into something new. In another place, Paul writes, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. God turned you from darkness to light. Let me never judge a soul by what I see in this moment. Let me look down the road ahead and see with eyes of faith what they can be. 
Let me have a vision for what God can turn them into. I was once told, you think everyone will be a preacher. Let it be. Give me faith for every life. Words that speak hope to those that are still on the other side of were. Let the church reach those who don't yet know the hope of the gospel and the transformative power of Jesus. Let us live the words written by Jude in the first century. And on some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Make us a generation of firefighters, pulling lives out of the fire, compassionately rescuing them from the sin that blinds and ensnares them. Let our churches be hospitals for burn victims, the wounded and crushed lives who know no other way. Let our churches and arms ooze with the love of our compassionate Savior. Let us know how to take off grave clothes and replace them with bandages. Give us grace to love with truth that refuses to allow souls to ignore their sin, but gives them grace and hope to come out of it and rise above it. No matter the label on their strain of sin, God can turn them into a saint. Let me never forget where I was before were. Let me never forget my own desperate need of salvation, my need to be turned. And let that memory fuel my love for every lost soul and struggling saint. He can turn the very core of what anyone is into something entirely different, something brand new. He can turn crimson stains, white as snow, a stony heart to a tender responsive heart, a sinner into a saint. But turning requires turning. Being changed requires us to turn from sin and self. In order to be transformed, we must turn from our wicked ways in repentance. Acts 3.19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted when your sins, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. There are two steps given here. Number one, repent. And number two, be converted. This is, number one, to have a change of mind and express sorrow for our sinful state and sinful actions. And two, the Greek word epistretho, to return, to turn back, to come back. When we repent, we have a change of mind. And when we convert, a change of direction, we turn. We turn from sin to righteousness. We turn from our will and way to his will and way. We turn from selfishness to selflessness. We turn from lies to truth. And once we repent, we are then instructed to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Baptism is where forgiven sins are washed away. The crimson stains of sin are buried in the waters of baptism, and the whitest snow righteousness of Jesus is placed on us and imputed to us. His name is assigned to us when we are buried with him in baptism. Then the most incredible turn of all, the greatest miracle, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, Acts 2.38. God fills dead souls with the power of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by the initial evidence of speaking in tongues in a language they've never known before. And God fills a dead soul with power and life. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, Acts 1.8. 
and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, John 7, 37. Verse 38 says very specifically, This spake he of the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. He turns death to life through the Holy Ghost. And once we receive the Holy Ghost, it is a life of constant turning, daily surrender, daily death, daily transformation. As Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 3.18, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are transformed from the same image, one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We are born again and enter the process of sanctification. We are turned into His image a little at a time, from glory to glory. We are turned into who he is as we walk and talk with him one day at a time. We are turned. And if we will stick with the long and arduous process of sanctification, there will come one final turn, one final transformation. Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall be put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? One of these days, Jesus is coming back and we are going to be changed, turned from one thing into another. God is going to do the unimaginable. Corruptible turned to incorruptible. Mortal turned to immortal. Death turned to victory. Final victory for every saint everyone who has turned, everyone who used to live on the other side of were. This goes back to the line that set this thought in motion, but God turned the curse into a blessing. Every sting finally extracted from the curse set in motion way back in the Garden of Eden. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? It's gone. There's no more stinger. The curse is now a blessing. Even so, come Lord Jesus. This thought has been blowing my mind, fresh from the word of the one who can still change the molecular structure of one thing into another. But God turned the curse into a blessing. That's today's unedited journal entry. Again, inspired in an inspirational moment but many times we don't have those and I just we want to remind you to keep swimming to keep reading consistency beats intensity this habit is going to have a huge 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 impact in your life keep it up you will never regret the habit of bible reading and prayer Thank you so, so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is Unedited, 
This is for you. Happy Friday.